Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Thank you, everyone, once again for joining me on the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am super excited to have a pioneer. I have with me a Bills beat reporter and writer for The Athletic, Joe Biscaglia. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's 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 good to talk with you. It's good to talk some some Bills here on Buffalo Rumblings. Well, you definitely made me a subscriber to The Athletic. I just read your last article, and I'm looking forward to every single Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, $1 right now to subscribe to The Athletic. Just do it, okay? Don't think twice. Just do it. Um, also, I noticed you're a sock game purveyor. Is that the yeah, that, Okay. Yeah. But basically, I, I chase the, be- the best socks around. Uh, that that's funny. You say that because there's a, I'm actually the same and, uh, there's a spot inside Vegas, uh, inside, uh, the fashion square fashion mall over here. I think it's the fashion show mall. And, um, it's called the sock market and it is dangerous because it's legitimately every sock you can dream of is just all over in there. And you'll probably just, if you ever visit Vegas, have you visited Vegas before? I have actually never been to Vegas last year. I, um, I crossed off my, my last NFL city slash stadium that I needed to travel to. And then this year, you know, obviously with the Raiders moving to Vegas, that, that is no longer valid. (laughs) So the only one I haven't been to is, is Vegas. It's so wild. I mean, this city is more, there's, there's so much more electricity with the sports out here than people believe. Um, Mm. after I got stationed here with my wife, like it's really grown on us. I almost became a Knights fan because the games were so electrifying. Um, and they're just so fun to go to. The people are great. They're very respectful. And, uh, you know, the vibe in Vegas is just very cool. Nothing what I expected. I thought it was going to be raunchy all over the place. Every street was going to, you know, really come right at you, but, uh, it's definitely something that everyone can enjoy. Uh, and just having the Raiders here, I think really boosts the morale all around for anyone who's a sports fan in Vegas. And, uh, you know, you got the betting out here. It's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, fantasy footballers out here for sure. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't doubt that in the slightest bit, bit, slightest bit being where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So we obviously have a lot to dive into, but I kind of want to keep it simple. Like, how about you just start off Joe coming off a, you know, victory 35 to 32 against the Rams. How do you see the bills matching up right now with the Raiders and what can they replicate on offense? Well, I think, uh, certainly they kind of caught the Rams off guard early on. Um, there are a a couple of specific ways that they, that they needed to attack them. And I think a lot of it, uh, was drawing on the, the expertise of what did well for them against the jets, because the Rams, as opposed to the dolphins, you know, the Rams run a substantial amount of zone coverage, which means you're not going to take the top off the defense. Like, like Josh Phelan did against the dolphins. So it wasn't as much, uh, 
of an emphasis on double moves, things like that. They tried to run it a couple of times, but uh, Jalen Ramsey actually shut it down both times, uh, which was which was interesting watching him perform that way. But you know, when the Rams were mostly in that zone coverage. Uh, that's when Allen really had to go on his cues, throw a lot of anticipatory routes, things like that. But they also highlighted the run game, which was what was working for them in, in great detail. And not only just as a rusher, but also in the screen game as well, I kind of, uh, clump all that together finding Devin Singletary, putting him out into some, some space and then letting him go to work. That was one of Singletary's better performances as a bill. And I don't think it's necessarily uh, a, a, uh, a bad thing for them to see him kind of move on the way that he hit he has. And if Zach Moss can't go this coming week, then that's something they could definitely replicate. But what I, I think translates from that game plan to the Raiders one is certainly, and just after watching a bit of the Raiders film. It really seems like they struggle in defending the edges from running backs, whether it be through the screen game, through getting their defensive ends pinned inside. Um, I, I just watched a lot of the Patriots having and Keel Harry kind of do a crackback block into the defensive end, which uh, essentially sprung the running back onto the outside. And then the linebackers were too far ahead uh, towards the line of scrimmage. And and then uh, they found themselves in traffic and the Patriots wound up with some gains. So I think that's a way for them to attack and it plays into the bill's hands because that's exactly what they like to do with Singletary. They like to get him out outside the tackles and then try to work, work in some space. But other than that, in terms of the passing game, I, they're going to be seeing a lot of man coverage. So that's something that they could kind of go after the Raiders the same way they did the dolphins. But there is a, there is a real good player in that secondary for, for the Raiders. And that's Jonathan Abram. And he is a stud. Um, he's only going to get better. He lines up all over the field. And he's someone that the Bills have to be cognizant of in a big, big way this coming weekend. Well, let's just hope that guy just just doesn't run into another uh, camera truck again. I mean, that was <laughs> that was kind of tragic. Uh, yeah, I actually had a friend at work, and I was like, man, just watching that was you know scary. And he says, honestly, as a as a Raiders fan, he's concerned for his health in the next couple of games. He wants to see him sit. Uh, he's, yeah. he's more than happy to just let him get get, uh, you know, healed up before, you know, they face the divisional opponents and, um, you know, seeing how he performed even banged up against the Patriots was phenomenal. It looks like he's limited mm-hmm. right now, but, uh, you know, obviously a very uh, potent piece of the Raiders defense and, um, definitely someone that you cannot just look over. I think he's definitely has that same amount of energy, same amount of explosiveness as uh, a guy like Ramsey, but he plays safety. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, Joe, looking at this game, I couldn't help, but get away from this in my, I, I could get, I could not get away from this in my head. And it was, this feels like a measuring stick game for the, the AFC East title. Um, mm. you know, I, I really look at how the Patriots, I mean, people are just thinking, Oh, you know, the, the Raiders just crumbled bill Belichick's game plan completely shut down the Raiders. They had everyone they needed and they did not execute. Mm-hmm. Derek, Derek Carr looked very suspect turning the ball over. I mean, I guess the play call in my, in my eyes, you know, you're at the one and, uh, you know, you surrender that, uh, fumble touchdown. That's just, I mean, how do you do that? I don't know if that's a Derek Carr thing, a play call thing, but mm-hmm. I, I just really feel like the Patriots did a phenomenal job on defense 
And yeah. I'm gonna I'm honestly gonna jump on what Colin Coward said recently. And he said the Patriots are one deep threat explosive receiver away from running away from a lot of teams in the AFC. And that is a very, I think, big hot take. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because you look at Josh Allen, you have everyone you need and you have this debacle against the Rams. I feel like something happened. Everyone's going to talk about, you know, the pass to Croft and how it should have just been an offensive pass interference. And then, you know, whatever have you look at the plays prior to that. It did not look like the bills were clicking in that second half and Sean McVay had something else underneath his sleeve. I'm sorry. As a bills fan, I'm, I just, I just don't think the game plan coming out of the second half was smart. I think they needed to, you know, pull some other aces out of the deck and they did not. Um, you know, I felt like defensively they then they got punched in the face pretty quickly right after with the run game. And, you know, I'm looking at the way we're matching up against the Raiders and they have a stud. All right. Jacobs is a stud and he can do it all. That's, I, I feel like he's a more powerful Reggie Bush. I don't think he's as quick. I just think he plays a similar way. Uh, you know, getting to the outside quick, knowing how to run on the inside, like an early Reggie Bush is what I kind of see a little bit more physical. And, you know, if we can figure out a way to match up well against him, I think we're going to really be able to manipulate what we want to do better on defense. Um, you know, I did notice with the Raiders is uh, third down was a big issue for them in the first half. They just could not execute third and nine, third and seven. I think if we can keep them in those situations, I feel like we're going to have a lot of success, especially when you look at the injury report. Uh, so Joe, maybe you can jump into that a little bit more. What did you see mm-hmm. on the injury report for the Raiders? Well, I wanted to actually jump in with um, yeah. something you, you alluded to about Josh Jacobs. I think that uh, you're, you're absolutely dead on. I mean, it, that guy is so talented, not even in the way his physicality and, and how he's able to continue contact on runs, but his vision is awesome. And, and trying to uh, decipher where he needs to go. He's usually making the right call whenever the, the Raiders offensive line gives him the space to operate. And right now that offensive line is not, not in the best shape. Uh, their right tackle Brown is, is looking like he's not going to play incognito is on IR. So they've got a rookie John Simpson, who the bills were very interested in, in, in the draft. Um, they, they, he's starting there at left guard and didn't really look great um, against the Patriots. So I think there's a, that, that would be some reason for hesitation with him. But if you're the Raiders, you got to look at what the Rams just did to the bills, particularly their defensive front and their defensive tackles and how they were able to move them off the spot as easily as they did. That's something you just have to try and replicate from what the Rams did until the bills prove that they can stop it. I did not at all like the job that Quentin Jefferson did in the middle of that, that game against the Rams. Um, certainly Ed Oliver needed to be a bit better. Um, Harrison Phillips really struggled at, at holding the point of attack in the snaps that he had. Vernon Butler was probably the best run defender uh, of the defensive tackles, but it also makes me wonder if maybe that's just kind of something that they could switch around, whether it's, you know, moving Vernon Butler 
along with Ed Oliver. So that way Butler's playing the one tech Oliver's playing the three. And that way you don't have Quentin Jefferson, who's playing a little out of position at the one tech um, serving in that role and being able to get taken advantage of. If the bills don't adjust that or they don't adjust something, then I would expect the Raiders to just try and pound the ball right at the middle as, as much as, as possible. But then that, that goes into the injury report um, a question because you've got the incognito thing and which I already laid out, you've got their right tackle Brown who probably won't play, I think because of a calf injury. And so those are two huge injuries. And then on top of that, you have their two wide receivers, their starting wide receivers, which are uh, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. They're looking like they're not going to play. So, so therein you have, uh, you have Zay Jones in his attempt for a hashtag revenge game. And, <laughs> uh, and then Nelson Aguilar, who can't even believe he's still in the league, but he's, he's kicking around in the Raiders and he's actually running pretty good routes these days. Uh, but I think really the, the main, uh, the main player that the bills have to be cognizant of outside of Waller and Josh Jacobs is Hunter Renfro in the slot, because so far this season, the bills have not been playing well against slot receivers. Jamison Crowder lit him up. Um, and it was even beyond that wide receiver screen that he took to the house for a 69 yard touchdown. Um, Taron Johnson really struggled in, in covering him either in man to man or when he had to pick him up in his zone, that is an area to really keep an eye on because then the next week, Isaiah Ford did similar things. I think he went seven of 78. Um, and then last week, Cooper cup went nine catches for over a hundred yards and a touchdown. And again, not all of these were on Taron Johnson, but most of them were on Taron Johnson and Renfro is a really good route runner. So I think that's one of those areas that I, you know, between Jacobs Waller and, and Renfro, that might be the, the Holy Trinity for, for the Raiders this coming weekend, I guess the bills. Let me tell you something, Joe. I love how this just turned into a, a radio talk show now. Like I just want to, I want to take all these questions that I have. I'm going to throw them away. Cause I just want to talk about the bills with you. It feels so natural and go for it. You know, it just feels good to talk about how you graded, especially because when you look at, <laughs> let me, let me say something real quick. When I, when I looked at number 23 on your list, AJ Epinesa, I kind of had to blink twice. Cause I'm just kind of like a C that surprised me. And what didn't surprise me was the Harrison Phillips and Quentin Jefferson. I definitely felt that they, uh, they're going to take a while to gel with this defense. I said it from the beginning of this year. Um, I don't foresee our defensive line being a strong suit. I really feel like our blitz packages are going to be the only thing we're going to be able to use to really try to manipulate uh, things against the run game, uh, you know, just to fill those gaps until they figure out how they fit well in the defense. Um, you know, I, I've been looking at that a lot. Let me ask you something real quick. Cause we're talking about AJ Epinesa. We're talking about, you know, number 57, do the bills make a call to the Lorax? Do they bring him back in the fold here? What do you think? I know it's a joke, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> situation and, uh, something doesn't change. What do the bills do here for their surrender? Defense? Um, well, I don't think you're talking, I'm assuming you're talking about Lorenzo Alexander. Yes. Correct? I call him the Lorax, okay. but you know, okay. I, don't know someone okay. else I, I was just, I was just making sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be in their plans anytime soon. I don't, I don't know that he necessarily wants to come back at, at this point. I'm sure he'd be open to a conversation, but you know, I, I think the bills want to go with what they have right now because not exactly sure where he slots into things. I mean, 
they signed AJ Klein to a pretty good contract. This would be, they would have to bring back Lorenzo Alexander for a, a pretty quality number. And uh, I just don't, I, I think they feel they can trust and develop as opposed to have to really, you know, go out of their way to go address this issue. I will say that I think the, a lot of the problems that they had against the Rams was something to do with, with personnel and gelling and everything like that. But I also don't want to miscount the, or miscalculate the, the Sean McVay factor here, because that guy is one of the most impressive offensive play callers I have ever seen. And the way he set, and when he sets up, um, he does everything for a reason and how they continue to just be successful at all of these different principles that he has only because he wears down a defense and wears down the eyes of a defense from a play to play basis to where he's setting you up strategically for, for his next big thing. And that's why uh, when the Rams are able to move the ball so efficiently up the middle with Daryl Henderson, I mean, that's because the defense and the linebackers are worried about a hundred different other things because of how McVay is calling the game. So I do think that's a bit of a bit of a factor here. Um, I also believe that the bills are just trying to find themselves as run defenders. And quite frankly, here's the thing that no bills fan wants to admit. They miss star Latula like hell. I mean, everyone wanted to rip, everyone wanted to rip on the guy last year, but you know, in just with, in my conversations with people around the building, they were so happy with how Latula played last year as a run defender, how he did all the dirty work in the middle and, and the type of role that he played. And I know fans will point to the, um, how much money he makes, but that said, he, the role, even though he's slightly overpaid for his role and being a 50% or less defender, it's so vital to what they were doing as a run defense to where his absence is definitely noted. And just because they won, uh, all three games. And, and certainly the Miami game is one that sticks out too. Miami was moving the ball on the ground on them. And that is not a good rushing attack. So this is something that they need to figure out. I think honestly, just, just from my perspective, I think switching up the defensive tackle rotation would change some things. I think Vernon Butler is a way better fit at one technique than Quentin Jefferson. That's just my opinion. And I think if you were to pair him with Ed Oliver, uh, to be able to kind of hold that line a bit better because Butler's not a penetrator. That's not his game. And so if you just be able to hold that line a bit better, because Oliver's still a good run defender in his own right, then you would have Quentin Jefferson playing in his more natural three technique spot uh, and, and him being able to help Harrison Phillips. But the, the double-edged sword here is you would have Phillips and Jefferson working together. And those were probably your two weakest defenders last week against the Rams. But it would be putting your two best run defense run defending defensive tackles and Oliver and Butler together for the majority of snaps. So they really just have to figure it out. And I'm sure the linebackers will be in play here. I wonder if Jordan Poyer may might become more of a, more of a player in, in this respect. But I also wonder if this weekend we're going to see the Raiders go to a bit more uh, 12 personnel and, and try and get, uh, get the bills third linebacker on the field to really try and, uh, to force some things. I, I wouldn't be surprised because they're, they'll be without their top two receivers, but uh, you know, for the most part, teams have wanted to spread the bills out. You know, I almost feel like with what you just said, then it's going to be a big game for the safeties 
big game for Micah yeah. Hyde and Jordan Poirier to really step up in the run game, recognize when it's going to be a play action and just do what they do best. Manipulate the quarterback's eyes to throw the football where they want it so they can create turnovers, 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 right? You're looking at what mm-hmm. happened last week. They fumbled the heck out of the ball. Uh, you know, maybe this week we can maybe not get the fumbles right with the pressure, but maybe we can get some interceptions and get, get those on the board again. I think uh, Levi Wallace did a great job last week. Uh, I want to jump to the offensive side real quick though, Joe, because one thing I noticed that you wrote about that really caught my attention was, you know, seeing Cody Ford on the left side of the offensive line. I really feel like Mm -hmm. it gave Allen an edge in a very hot contested matchup. And it really showed, especially towards the end of the game, how vital him being on the left side of the offensive line was. You look at being able to double team with Deion Dawkins on Aaron Donald and give Josh Allen a a chance on third and 22. Are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, that, that is something that elite quarterbacks do. And, uh, you know, they're really, that really brought something elite out of Allen. Am I saying Josh Allen is elite? I'm going to probably say that towards the end of the season. If he continues on this trek as for how the offensive line performed, how do you see Cody Ford on the left side? Um, just until we figure out this whole Feliciano plug and play situation. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was quite impressed by the job he did over there with the caveat knowing that he would be going up against the best defensive player in the entire NFL, which is Aaron Donald. And there, it wasn't always a double team situation. There are a lot of times he was going one-on-one against him and um, he, he held his own. And that's a lot more than a lot of offensive linemen can say against that guy. Now there are times when Donald got the better of him. I mean, it would, it would have been like a, an astonishing performance by Cody Ford if he had won that matchup throughout the day, uh, Donald is just too impressive, too good. He will catch you at your single second of weakness. Like uh, there were a couple of times where Cody Ford dipped his, dipped his head down just a little bit. And Donald just right on cue his reaction time, just to rip right past him and use his hands to get past him. I mean, it's just, he's just incredible in, in what he's able to do, but Ford was able to hold his own. And the one thing that I really like about him ahead of Quentin Spain, and this is something I've written about quite a bit is how Cody Ford can get his, get his feet moving and is able to get out in front of plays, whether it be pulling in this case from the left to the right side on design runs or getting out in front of screens, Cody Ford put to get put on a, an essential block, I believe on that, I think it was 32, maybe 34 yard screenplay to Devin Singletary in the third quarter. Yes. Um, that was, that was a, that was a huge play and Spain has struggled to get out in space and find and put his hat on a guy the entire time that he's been with the bills. So that's something they gained right there. That was tangible and him being athletic enough along with Mitch Morse to get out in front that really sprung that play. So I really liked what he did at left guard. I have long been a Cody Cody Ford should be a guard enthusiast ever since the preseason of last year when they tried him against the Colts in that game. And he looked way more at home there than, uh, than he ever did at tackle. Um, So I think that should be continued, but my major question is, will they continue him on the left side while Feliciano still out just because winters did not look great against the Rams and 
I wonder maybe if they slide four back over to the right side until Feliciano gets back and, and reinsert Quentin Spain into the matchup because uh, this matchup's a little bit more conducive for him against the Raiders. Uh, but I, I do think optimally their best five includes Dawkins, Ford, Morse, Feliciano, and Daryl Williams. And I would anticipate that they would like Feliciano to play right guard, but if Ford doesn't look good enough on the left side over the long term, that they wouldn't feel opposed to flipping Feliciano over to the left. So let me ask you this now that we're talking about the offense, the offensive line, let's talk about Josh Allen here, how you graded him. And uh, what are you seeing from Josh Allen against the Raiders this week? Yeah. Um, I really liked what he did early on in the game. And then as he was getting more comfortable and a bit more complacent, I'd even say, especially in that third quarter, uh, after they scored their fourth touchdown, you saw old tendencies really come back where he was, you know, evading the pocket a little bit too early or he was taking unnecessary chances that he, it seemed like he had gotten out of his game and throwing off his back foot and across his body, across the field, all of these different things that they've been trying to push out of his mind and that he has been trying to push out of his mind. As soon as the pressure started coming up on him a little bit from that, from the Rams there, because they were mounting their comeback, he felt like he needed to make a play that that's when things really started to go south for him in that game. And I know everyone will look at that Tyler Croft play, the, the interception and go, Oh, that wasn't an interception. It was joint possession, simultaneous possession that should have gone to the offense. Well, yeah, but the bills should have never been in that situation in the first place because right. Josh Allen should never have made that throw. And essentially he spun out of a would be uh, a would be tackle in the backfield and was drifting towards his left. And then for some insane reason, doesn't take advantage of the dump down option right in front of him, which is Devin Singletary chooses to throw off his back foot, waft it up. The trajectory is basically a pop fly and forces Tyler Croft into pushing a double arm shove into the defender in front of him to get a pass interference. So that was at best a penalty. And at worst, it happened to be an interception. So Allen can't put the team in those situations, but at the end of it, he rescued them because that third and 22 play on, on the final drive, it took him a while to get back into it because for a yep. while it was looking like Josh Allen versus the Texans again in the second half, but he brought himself back, which to me was a huge sign of progress because he was uh, the, the term, the terms I use for him when he gets in those, those, uh, mindsets are Wyoming, Josh and hero ball, Josh. Um, mm -hmm. those, those are the, that's the quarterback that they got coming from college, but because he was able to somehow channel it, calm himself on that third and 22 play in particular, the way he manipulated the defense, a zone, which was a seven man zone designed to take away the middle of the field and using his legs to manipulate the two linebackers that were in the area that he wanted to throw to Cole Beasley to open it up and then to deliver a strike directly and accurately into the breadbasket of Beasley to where they found that pocket and he could get the first down. That is an elite play from a quarterback in a clutch spot. And so that was the most impressive part of his day. I don't think it was his best performance uh, of his bills career. I still think the dolphins one topped that, but I mean that the way that he brought himself back was, was impressive. 
I'm happy that we can agree that that play was elite and it was definitely a big step forward in his progression and uh, what he can do for the bills. Now, something that I will state is that when you are down in a football game, never expect the refs to be on your side. And that's the mentality. I feel like he just has to keep maintaining, especially when something like a debacle like this happens against an opponent where you just feel like you've lost your edge and you need to make a play. Just know, just try to make the play. Don't expect the refs to be on your side. Thankfully they were at the end. I know people are going to talk about that Gabe Davis play for the next eight weeks, whatever. What matters at the end of the day is execution. Josh Allen executed. He did a great job. And, um, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the way that we performed. I'm, I'm excited to see how it's going to translate into the Raiders game. And uh, I agree with you. You know, I think if he can eliminate those just mental breakdowns when he feels he, meet, he needs to just save the world and throw a rocket mm-hmm. Mahomes pass, uh, just you don't need to do that. Just dump it off or throw it out. You know, yeah, the, the one thing, the one thing they'll say is live to fight another down. And that's what they tell him all the time. And that's what he has to tell himself all the time. But sometimes he just gets in those, those mind frames where either it just seems like there's no getting through to him at that point, but he has to get through to himself and calm himself down. And, and that's what we saw at the end of that Rams game. I think what you see is just classic Josh Allen because of his roots, right? You look at Wyoming, you had nobody. You were running for your life. You had no name receivers and you made the Cowboys in Wyoming relevant. I believe that's their mascot, right? And you got it. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I, I just think he's, he's definitely on a good trek here. And, um, you know, I want to finish off with one last name here because I have been raving about the Italian stallion, Matt Milano, and he came off injury (laughs) and you rated him. I graded him at an A minus snaps on the field, 69 for 69. Can you elaborate on that? Because I just love to talk about Matt Milano. Yeah, as you should. And, and he's one of those guys where it's, it's kind of a frustrating thing because, and, and not really frustrating because I know linebacker is, is a tough assessment for fans that, that watch the broadcast. And so that's why I, I, I do the, the, the grading and the, and the film watch and the film study that I do, because I, I hope to provide context in the areas where maybe broadcast kind of just it leads you down an alley that, that, uh, isn't, isn't great and isn't real. Um, Milano is one of those guys that when you watch him on film, that's when you really get to know the value that he brings to the bills defense. And if there was a statement that needed to be made about whether or not he was worth the the price of admission for his next contract, it was him not being in that game against Miami and then reappearing against the Rams and completely dominating the way that he did. Now there's a few different ways that, that he is just an outstanding player. Um, first and foremost is dropping back into coverage and his instincts for dropping back into coverage and how he is able to, uh, how he's able to, um, handle change of direction from some really shifty receivers slash tight ends. I mean, he, I remember him breaking up a pass play to Cooper cup, uh, where cup tried to hit him with an inside out route and Milano just, just read his waist and, and was able to stick with them, um, a step for step and ended up breaking up the pass. And then you, then you watch how he's able to diagnose run plays and how, quick his reaction time is to get there how quick he can get sideline to sideline is another big thing for him 
he's one of the, the, the better defenders that I've come across that is able to instinctively diagnose screenplays of all kinds that are, that are to his side, whether it be a wide receiver screen or a running back screen and to weave through traffic to get to the eventual ball carrier. That, that is just, that, that is a potential big play thwarted because of his instincts, his recognition and his speed to get to the point. And he did all of these different things against the Rams that really frustrated Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and and all the rest before they got going. So that that defensive performance was in no way, shape, or form Matt Milano's fault. He was one of the best players on the field. He's usually one of the better players on the field for the Bills. And he's not just some guy that the Bills can go and draft another fifth-round linebacker and hope that they're going to turn into into, uh, Matt Milano. Matt Milano is the anomaly of a fifth round pick. They took so a chance true. because he had, he had an injury history um, with hamstrings back, back at Boston college. They had to convert him from, you know, mostly a full-time safety to become a linebacker for their vision for him. And they hit a home run. You don't let this guy get out of the building when he's in his prime. And he means that much to your defense, especially not when he is representative of this vision of drafting and developing that you have. So Milano should be here for the long term, and they're going to have to get creative to do it uh, in, in the coming off season. But he is, he is a perfect fit in this defense and you do not let players like that get away. Well, proof is in the pudding is the way I see it, you know, and I think that there is plenty of proof that shows that he belongs in Buffalo. He fits us perfectly. And I'm going to tell you right now, if he does not break the bank with the bills, he's definitely going to break the bank somewhere else. And I'm nervous about that. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm nervous about it. Um, You know, I'm going to say, I I just really think after looking at this matchup coming up this weekend, I just, especially after all you said and how you analyzed how our defense may match up and what the Raiders may be posing a threat to, I do think that the bills can just run a four, three standard defense and win this game. I don't think, I don't think they have to play a lot of nickel, Uh, you know, really beef up the linebacking core, and stop the run, force Derek Carr to just throw it between throw it between the zone, and um, you know, let's see how our safeties play. Let's see how our secondary plays. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited for it. This is going to be an amazing matchup, uh, just for momentum, especially right after we're going against the you know we're going against the Titans, and we got to you know play against the Chiefs. It's going to be a really interesting turnaround here. And uh, you know, I ho- I'm hoping the best for our defense. You know, I really think we can get back on track. Um, you know, real quick, Joe, I just want to say thank you so much for jumping on the Buff Hub. You know, on Buffalo Rumblings, it is an honor. Uh, definitely been following your content for a long time, and uh, as so has my brother up in Buffalo. <laughs> and uh, you know, how about you just let all the listeners know where they can find all of your content, real quick, and then. We'll close it out here. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. First and foremost, uh, I really appreciate uh, you having me on and all, all your kindness, everything like that. Uh, it's 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 always weird when when people compliment me for for talking about football, but I appreciate it <laughs> nonetheless. Um, uh, you can find all my stuff if you head over to theathletic.com. dot com, uh, and if you go right now to theathletic.com dot com slash the Buffalo Beat which is the name of my podcast over on the athletic podcast network. You can get in for $1 per month, which is our limited time offer that we're running right now. Uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to go, but uh, it would be wise to jump in on it. uh, If, if you're interested in it and, and the best part about the athletic subscription is you can get all your bill stuff, of course, 
get all your saber stuff and then you could get all your in-depth stuff on just about any other team in professional sports whether it be in the united states canada or in the united kingdom <laughs> which is my favorite part like i can i can slack people that that cover premier league teams which is which is incredible to me but uh but yes this is uh it, it, that's the way to find us and then um we've got our podcast the buffalo beat as well Thank you so much for the information because I'm actually a Tottenham Hotspur uh, fan. I love Oh, no. <laughs> we, were, we, were having, we were having such a good conversation. I'm an Arsenal guy. Oh, man. They're great. They've been a great team for a long time. Uh, very competitive. Always, always bring the grit. I'm just a huge, uh, you know, I love my South Korean guy, Huming Sun, man. He's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. God, I love watching him play uh, so quick and uh, so powerful. Um, but Joe, thank you again. And all the listeners, thank you so much for jumping on the Buff Hub, closing out another episode on Buffalo Rumblings. Have a great weekend. Let's go, Bills.